0: hi welcome to pov and my therapist the podcast where i vent you listen and you do not get paid (laughs) first and foremost i want to say this podcast is for the girls the gays the thems and the theys if you do not fall into any of these categories i promise you you're not gonna like what you hear Okay, You need to understand that. I'm confused as to why I keep getting a bunch of random DMs from men who are upset about my personal experience and the things that I have to say about my personal experience. They're just very mad about it. And I'm like, bestie, this isn't for you to understand. Because if men understood these things, they wouldn't be a problem to begin with. Granted, there's a couple of men who listen to the podcast, and they get it. I can shout out a couple right now. There's Q. He's awesome. He's an artist. You should follow him on Instagram. I think his Instagram name is Artist. Amazing. Second of all, there's Chris, who I don't know your last name, but we follow each other on Twitter, and he's so fucking hilarious. And all the time, he sends me DMs, just supporting me and being awesome, and I love him. He's been there from the beginning. So there are men that get it. And even in one of the most recent reviews, there's a guy that said, I don't think this is for me, but I like this. So if what you hear upsets you, ask yourself why it upsets you. There's a lot of generalizations that can be made and I make them, I'm sorry. But if every man I've interacted with shows the same qualities, Maybe it should be generalized. If you're the one who's different, I don't really think you're going to get offended by what I have to say. Because if you're the outlier, you're looking at everybody else and seeing how they function, you'd probably agree with me. You get it? Okay. Also, there's one guy who left a comment that, to be honest, was kind of iconic. (laughs) it was a one star review and he was very angry and that's okay because it made for an iconic iconic review and i'm gonna put it on a shirt yeah i am that's what i'm gonna spend my weekend doing is designing the the, (laughs) it's making the design and putting it on a shirt because this shit is iconic the review says skip your ears he said save your ears and skip Some weird combo of ghetto, trash, feminism, male hate podcast. And can I also say, though, his grammar was really good. He used a semicolon after some combo of, and then ghetto, trash, feminism, comma, 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 where they need to be. But I wish he'd put an and, male hate podcast the grammar was amazing up until then either way um there are other comments where people are like um she just likes to hear herself talk yes i do that's why i have a personal journals podcast i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry i love to hear myself talk i'm so sorry okay but anyways Um, that led me to thinking about a couple things, um, and a couple things that I want to talk about today. This podcast is for the girls, the gays, the thems, and the days. And today I want to specifically talk to the people with periods because one of my friends, she thinks that she might also have the same condition that I have, which is PMDD. Because when, like in that two week span before her period hits, even though she's literally the most successful person I know, she's like, I'm a fucking loser. That's like where her mind goes. And my mind used to go there really bad until I got medicated for PMDD. So today I'm going to tell you about PMDD, what it is, how it affects you, and why you should look into it if you really feel like you are not yourself for two weeks out of the month. And then like, I'm talking about like, you want to die, like you want to find a bridge and leap And then you, a couple days later, you're like, oh my God, why did I feel that way? And the thing is, it's very scary because you feel like you don't have control over yourself. And for the longest time, I wasn't going to go see a psychiatrist, but girl, I was like, hold on. These emotions, these, these really strong urges are leading me to a place that I don't think I can save myself from. So I went and she diagnosed me with PMDD And I started getting medicated, and I can tell you about my experience about that, and I'm going to. Um, Also, I wanted to talk about um, the visual reaction that a lot of men have to the things that I have to say. And that leads into a bigger conversation about male rage and kin keeping, and um, and yeah, so I want to talk about that. The other things that I want to talk about is I am going to announce the winner. I kind of want to leave because, okay... So Apple Podcasts doesn't necessarily load all your reviews at the same time. So right now I'm finally getting reviews in from Wednesday. So I kinda wanna give people a fair shot. So I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna, oh God, I can't talk. I am going to announce the winner on Sunday night, which is when I'm gonna release the next episode. Of text to my therapist because they're not all loading in right now I just have all of the comments from Wednesday and I want to give you guys a fair shot so keep an eye out for that because I really want that for you okay so first up on the docket is PMDD so PMDD is the acronym for premenstrual 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 dysphoria oh my god i'm so sorry premenstrual just dis- oh my god late late like it ain't like okay premenstrual oh my god wait wait hold on premenstrual dysphoric disorder okay pmdd now i got my period pretty early in life um i got my period at 12 and the funny thing was up until then um I didn't really know what a period was, I, except the moment it happened, I knew right away what it was, because I had an older sister. My sister was older than me by 10 years, so it was like, once a month, she'd literally become a banshee. She was literally, like, evil, she was, like, evil, like, she was so mean, Um, and she wouldn't buy me snacks, she would yell at me, she would slam doors in my face, she would lock her door, which she knew that my favorite place to be when she was at work was in her room. So it just felt like really spiteful. And I was like, this isn't my sister. Like, I don't know who this lady is, but it's not my sister. And I don't appreciate it. So I was 10 and she was like 20. I'm um, going through all of these things. And, and, like, obviously from earlier than that. But that's so you understand there's a 10 year age range, I mean, age gap between us. Okay. So, um, but I empathize with my sister because I did not quite understand what a period was. I knew that it happened for a week. I didn't know that it was your uterus shedding itself. I didn't know that. What I thought it was for the longest time, because in Creole, the word for period is also the same word for ruler. So it's called a reg, Which, like, obviously, you know, reg, right? Reg, R-E-G, I think that's how you spell it. It kind of means regular, right? So, like, something that comes regularly. But in Creole, the same word for period, reg, also means ruler. So I thought that once a month she was pooping out rulers. And I could only imagine how miserable she was having to shit out triangle-shaped rulers every month. And I was like, oh my God, I wonder if that's where rulers come from. Like the rulers that you use in math. I'm not kidding. I literally, it was like, like she's maybe like she's pooping out rulers once a month or the poop is so hard that it feels like a ruler. I just, I was trying to understand, but I knew that at the end of it, it was a week's worth of misery because she couldn't get out of bed. She was always in the bathroom. She was miserable. She was mad. Like terrible terrible things um my sister does actually have um fibroids which a lot of black women have fibroids which is crazy and I I truly wonder why I wonder if it's because like there is a high level of stress in black women um but so that's what I thought appeared was however when when I started bleeding from my coochies that's when I was like oh so I ain't rulers it's this, whatever the fuck this is. But I also went to a very good school who did a good job educating about um, menstrual cycles and all of those things. Now, my period was like pretty regular, I didn't have any issues with it. But then, a couple years ago, like as I got older, I want to say like around 16. Around 16, like, I, I pretty, I had depression. I was very depressed. But it was more so because of life circumstances that I was depressed. I just had, like, I just moved. Um, I wasn't living with my mom. So, like, there was just, like, a lot of circumstances that made me depressed. And, like, I was a lonely kid. So, like, it made sense that I was depressed. But it was obvious that I was prone to depression and anxiety. Because um, my depression and anxiety was really bad at that age. So... As time went on and like, you know, I started to like acclimate and I, is that the word? I started, uh, not assimilate either. Anyways, I started getting used to my surroundings and like the people I was around and life was, you know, kind of like easing out. I think probably around 19 to um, 20, gradually, through like through my early 20s up until 24, 24 is when I truly think like my premenstrual dysphoric disorder started. I'm 27, I think. Um, That's when my PMDD really started because I started noticing that two weeks before my period, I was ready to end it all. My mood was low. I was depressed and I couldn't fight for myself like I normally could. It was beyond my control. And I could not, I just couldn't function. I couldn't function, I was angry, I was sad. And that's when I was like, something's going on. Like I didn't realize it was because of my period. It, was, it wasn't until um, the psychiatrist that I had, she was like, all right, so you said this happened that this time last month, now this is happening this time last month. Does that sound like something familiar? that comes regularly. And she, she diagnosed me with PMDD. So, um, I'm reading from the Hopkins medicine. Okay. John Hopkins What is premenstrual distort? Oh my God. What is PMDD? PMDD is a much more severe form of premenstrual syndrome, a much more intense, a form of PMS. It may affect women of childbearing age. Yeah, so that makes sense. It's severe and chronic medical. It's a severe and chronic medical condition that needs attention and treatment. Life changes and sometimes medicines may help manage symptoms. What causes PMDD? The exact cause is unknown. It may be an abnormal reaction to normal hormonal changes that happen with each menstrual cycle. The hormone changes can cause a serotonin deficiency. Serotonin is a substance found naturally in the brain and intestines that narrows blood vessels and can affect mood and cause physical symptoms. What are risk factors for PMDD? Women with a family history of PMS or PMDD... Women with a family history of depression, postpartum depression, or other mood disorders. Okay? Now, what are the symptoms? And, the, okay, so the symptoms are pretty much the same symptoms as normal PMS, but you just have to imagine this is on the extreme side of it. All right? All right. When we're saying irritability, it's not like, I hate everybody, don't talk to me, don't look at me, don't even come my way. I'm talking about, you're about to fight the fucking Starbucks barista because she asked you what your name is twice. You felt the inner lion and you come out and you were literally about to roar and hop over the the counter, mean girl style. You remember that scene when Katie's like, The mall is like the jungle and then all the girls like turn into animals and everybody starts like roaring and shit like that. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. Irritability. Nervousness. It's not just tiny anxiety. It's thinking people can hear your motherfucking bones creaking. It's thinking that People are paying attention to you. You can't step outside without breaking into a sweat. You are having panic attacks. You are breathing like, (laughs) like you literally think you're forgetting how to breathe. All right. There's lack of control. There's agitation. There's anger. There's insomnia, difficulty concentrating, depression, severe fatigue. Now, most of my symptoms with PMDD have the medications definitely watered it down. I take Pristique. It's definitely watered it down. But the severe fatigue, when I tell you I will go through my day very normally, things are going fine, and then suddenly it's like my body breaks down and my body is like, no. And when I tell you I could literally just drop on the floor, oh my God. Anxiety, confusion, forgetfulness. Let me tell you something. Bad bitches with PMDD, they are your best friend. They will forget every piece of gossip until you tell them. Okay? I keep telling you guys I forgot that I met my best friend before I met her. That happened at the height of my PMDD. (laughs) I do not recall when I met this girl. She swears to God we met at a certain time and place. I'm like, bitch, I ain't know you. And she's like, divine, what the fuck? Okay, poor self image. Maybe your body dysmorphia is through the roof during this time, you have to cover mirrors, you have to look away. Paranoia, emotional sensitivity, crying spells, moodiness, trouble sleeping. Okay, there's another one that I know of that is not on here for some reason, but rejection sensitivity. Let me talk about rejection sensitivity because, girl, I got that. (laughs) Rejection sensitivity is, okay, you know, you tell your crush you liked him, and instead of just accepting that this person doesn't like me, you start piling onto yourself you start thinking about all the time somebody else never liked you you're like this time i was rejected this time i was rejected that one time i tried to get a movie ticket and they told me no like all of those things no matter how small it is or how big it is you they are felt on the same level of intensity okay And then there's fluid retention. So you're like, ankles and hands and feet are swelling. Periodic weight gain, queen, me. Diminished urine output. Your breasts are full and pain. But like, okay, that's everybody. Respiratory issues, allergies, infections. Eyes, my God, eye complaints, vision changes, eye infections. My sister's vision. Like, my sister has terrible vision. And it's because of her PMS. Gastrointestinal problems, cramping, obviously abdominal constipation, nausea, vomiting, pelvic heaviness and pressure, backache, skin problems, skin inflammation, itching, aggravation of other skin disorders. You can get cold sores. You have headaches, Yep, chronic migraines. I have that, I talk about that all the time. Dizziness, fainting, numbness, prickling, tingling, heightened sensitivity of arms or legs, easy bruising, heart palpitations, muscle spasm, decreased coordination, uh, painful menstruation, diminished sex drive, appetite changes, food cravings, hot flashes. Isn't that insane? That's insane. That is insane okay oh my god so those are the symptoms and this is the most common symptoms so this isn't even like the rare symptoms bro okay (sighs) sometimes i think about what it takes to be a woman and i wonder if like god kind of like hated women you know Because I'm like, so we get all of this, and like, what do men get? Do they like, do they have this stuff? Do they have any of this stuff? No, they don't. I try not to think about that too often, because I truly think I would lose all sense of religion if I really thought about it. So we're not going to think about it. Okay. So how do you treat PMDD? Um, Depending on how intense your PMDD is, you might have to take an SSRI. Um regular exercise can help. Uh stress management can help. Diet changes that can affect your gut health can help. And vitamin supplements can help. But if you've tried all of these things, because I tried uh stress management, regular exercise, and changes in my diet, I decreased sugar, didn't take intake caffeine. Or alcohol and that shit did not fucking help okay I was routinely working out in the gym for like one to two hours a day and I still was at my breaking point every time my period came so that's when I was like I need to go see a psychiatrist so I went to see my psychiatrist and currently, I don't have a psychiatrist, and the reason being is, if you follow me on TikTok, you will know, because I talked about it recently, but I went to this lady, uh, my friend recommended her, because my friend had um, undiagnosed ADD, she went to her, she got diagnosed, and the lady, you know, if, that, if you're going for, to her for one thing, that's cool, um, but if you, listen, I just, I don't recommend this lady personally. So I went to her, she diagnosed me correctly, which I'm immensely grateful for. Because I think she's somebody who, she believes in the power of medication. She really does. And I believe in the power of medication. When I tell you the first week I was on Pristique, when I tell you I cleaned my depression room, I had been trying to clean my depression room for months, Okay. So I had been trying to clean my depression room for fucking months. And I just couldn't, I would like clean up one area, fatigued, I got sad, I started thinking about things I didn't need to think about, and I just gave up. Girl, the first day I was on Pristique, when I tell you I cleaned my room, my bathroom, everything. I cleaned everything too. I cleaned the sink. I cleaned under the sink. I cleaned behind the toilet. I cleaned the shower. I changed the bedding. I changed the drapes. Like, I washed the rug, bitch. Like, I literally was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Is this how normal people feel? Is this how normal people function? But the thing was, I had never really been on any type of medication like that. So girl, it was like a hit of cocaine the first time I tried that and after that the effects were not as great and after you take it for a while because I think for a minute like I really was like chasing that again because I was like I want to be productive I want to clean everything again but you know the it mellowed out a little bit the way it worked mellowed out so um after a little while I went back to see my psychiatrist and I was like yeah I'm just feeling like I'm not as productive I as I could be um and whatnot. And she was asking me for an update on the medication. I'm telling her the update of the medication. And during this time, I was having a really hard time, um, sleeping. And it's like, I would fall asleep, but the rest was not restful. I would wake up more tired than when I went to sleep. And to make it worse, I would wake up with a searing migraine, just a fucking migraine that just never ended. And it was so painful. Like I couldn't get through my day. So, like, all the things that I needed to get done in one day would take me up to three days to do because the first day was me tending to my migraine. So, that was an issue. And I was like, I don't know why that's happening because she asked me how my sleep was. Now, all of a sudden, she's trying to diagnose me with bipolar disorder. I don't have bipolar disorder because I have cousins who have bipolar disorder. I don't have it. Also, I regularly see a therapist. If my therapist thought I had bipolar disorder, she would have already dealt with that. I don't have bipolar disorder. She tells me that this is, a uh, we're getting sidetracked by the way right now, if you can't tell, it was a great segue on my behalf, but this is just a side story of why I don't have a psychiatrist right now. So... I'm trying to explain to her that I think the reason why I'm not getting good sleep is because I was taking melatonin. She keeps interrupting me too many times for me to get that out. And also, she was 20 minutes late to her apartment, okay? So she keeps interrupting me. I can't get this statement out at all. And she's telling me that, she's like, you're telling me you're an insomniac um, you're having mood swings. I, I never mentioned anything about mood swings. I ju- I told her that my mood had finally stabilized and I don't know where she got mood swings from, but she did. And she was like, um, she was like, this sounds like bipolar disorder. I. She was like, cause do I have to put you on an antipsychotic? Like she's just like elevating, elevating, elevating. And mind you, I never liked this lady. I never liked this lady. Even after our first appointment, I didn't like her. Because I was explaining how I felt to her. Because she asked me how I felt. I was explaining how I felt. And she was like, those aren't real problems. Girl, then why the fuck did you ask me? You asked me how I felt. I'm telling you how I feel. And now you're telling me those are feelings. Yes, bitch. Because you asked me how I fucking felt. And then she started telling me how she felt. And (laughs) she started telling me the shit that was going all wrong in her life. And I was like, you're so unprofessional. But I had already paid the $300 initial intake fee. And I was not about to pay that again to go to a new place. So I was like, let me see what her diagnosis is and try whatever. And then we'll move on from there. But I didn't like her because I'm she broke HIPAA. Right away, right at the gate, she was breaking HIPAA girl. I know shit about her life. I shouldn't. And it wasn't like this happened over a long period of time. This meeting was like 20 fucking minutes long. And in that time, you already broke HIPAA told me that my feelings are just feelings. (laughs) I was over it. I was just through with her, okay? So then when I had the second meeting with her, she was 20 fucking minutes late, Walks into the meeting, girl, guess what? Breaks hippo right away by telling me who one of her patients is because he's just so fucking funny and he's a famous comedian. She just had to tell me who he was. And then um, she gets into like this, I don't know, like this, she's very like dead set on saying that I have bipolar disorder. And I'm like, I don't have bipolar disorder. And she starts like arguing with me. And then she starts yelling at me. And then the mistake I made okay, was at the end of our meeting, she was like, do you have any questions? I was like, damn girl, you just really just vented, huh? Um, I didn't say that, but I was like, yeah, actually I have one last issue and it's about billing. Y'all, she started yelling again. She was like, I don't handle billing. I don't deal with billing. Billing is for the front office. You need to talk to them about front office because she's like, I don't know. Maybe why the reason why your bill is so high or whatever. I didn't even tell her what was wrong with the bill. She was like, maybe the reason why your bill is so high is because maybe you're coming in here telling me one thing, and then we're supposed to be talking about how you're doing on your prestige, and then all of a sudden you're telling me that you're an insomniac and you might have bipolar disorder, and I'm thinking that maybe I need to give you antipsychotic medication, and I'm like, so now you see, you see, you see, we have to deal with all of these different things, because now it's not just about your PMDD, it's about the fact that you probably have bipolar disorder, or maybe even schizophrenia, and I'm like, what the fuck? is this she's like and also we're 20 minutes over our appointment time so maybe that's why you're being charged extra when i tell you i literally just sat there quietly because i was like oh so you're the type to send somebody to the loony bin because you worked yourself up in a tizzy and not necessarily because of anything anybody said okay So let me just say nothing. So I sat there quietly until she finished her little fucking rant. And then when she was done, I said, actually, you were 20 minutes late. And then I hung up. And then I called the front office and I was like, take me off of your patient roster. I'm never coming back here again. And you need to send me my medical records right now. Because I'm not playing with y'all. Hey, guys, guess what? A couple months later, not even a couple months later, a month later, they send me a bill that tells me I owe them $1,200. Why? Because of these fucking made up charges they have listed down saying that I extended appointments. Every time she's been late to an appointment, they said I extended the appointment. And they gave me, they wrote down the wrong price for my regular bills. They're saying that each of my meetings were $400. Why would each of my meetings be $400 if my intake is $300? The intake is always more than the meeting. What the fuck? I was like, you know what? If I was a crazy person and... You know, people got mental issues all up and down all day and night. And you don't give a fuck if you trigger them or not. I'm so happy that I'm in a good headspace because I could have really fucking snapped with this shit. This is fucking nuts. So I wrote them a bad review on Yelp because yeah, 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 yeah. One thing about me. One thing about me. I'm going to report. Uh huh. I'm going to leave a review. Uh huh. I am. I am. And I talked about it to my therapist and my therapist was like, you need to report her, um, to the medical people because that's fucking crazy. She broke HIPAA twice and she's yelling at a patient and they're made up charges on your bill." So you need to uh, file a report and girl, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it because that shit is fucking crazy. This is somebody and I, and like, before I even could tell my therapist that I just shut up throughout most of the things, she was like, she was like, um, when you have, she was like, when you're seeing a therapist like that, you don't need to talk to them or like say anything because they're the kind to put you in a fucking loony bin for no reason. And I was like, girl, you read my fucking mind. Cause that's fucking Crazy. Like, so that's why I don't have a fucking therapist right now, okay? But she did get my PMDD, um, diagnosis correct. So I'm glad before all the motherfucking drama that at least we got that shit out of the way. It can never just be normal. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was, I will say, I was very lucky when I met my therapist. Because my therapist, I love that lady. If I ever have to move and, like, relinquish my, um, Georgia citizenship citizenship my georgia statehood whatever and then you know she she can't be my therapist anymore we're really gonna have to have a conversation about being besties because i'm not ready to lose this lady i'm not ready to lose her i love her she's such a light in my life and i'm like queen i love you um okay and then, so the next thing on the topic, so if you have PMDD, definitely talk to your doctor about it. If you think that this is something you're suffering with, girl, get it taken care of because this bitch is scary. She is fucking scary. Okay. And it's, a, the, I think the thing that is the scariest thing, you can have all of these symptoms and live a life that is Okay. But when the lack of control, it is so scary to feel like you do not have control over your fucking self. That is terrifying. When you feel like your brain shuts your decision-making ability down and basically puts your feelings and your thoughts and your your consciousness, it puts the part of you that is able to make good decisions and right decisions, it puts that girl on the back burner and this This insane hormone imbalance takes over your thoughts, your body, your actions. There have been moments where my depression is so bad that like, I've literally just laid in bed because I don't trust myself. You don't trust yourself and it's terrifying. It's fucking terrifying. So when that happened that day that I had to literally I felt like I was like I had to like just strap myself into bed. Um, that's when I was like, all right, something's really wrong and I don't know what it is. And I told my therapist about it and I was like, please don't send me into the loony bin. I have already made an appointment with a psychiatrist. I don't want to go to the grippy socks place because I have a feeling it might be expensive and I am uninsured. Okay. <laughs> And I've heard from a lot of sources, TikTok, that it actually makes you feel worse. Okay? So, I did not want to get sent to the grippy Socks place. And I was like, I already got that appointment down, whatever. But I can tell you now, where I am now is a million times better. Mind you, I still have depression. I still have anxiety. But... It's so different now because it feels like it's watered down. It feels like it's watered down. It feels like you're drinking lemonade instead of lemon juice. That was a great analogy. Feel free to use it whenever you want. It feels like you're drinking lemonade instead of lemon juice. It feels like, okay, yeah, I'm sad, but you know, while I'm feeling this little pinch of sadness, there's also, I can recognize the joy happening in my life. I'm not hyper fixated on the sadness. I'm not hyper fixated on the depression, the hopelessness, the whatever. That's not my focus. And when there's something else in the mix besides the bad, it's very easy to leave the bad behind. It's very easy to do that. You can drink like a whole fucking lemon if it's in water and sugar, absolutely. And you can even see the different the different layers of the lemon. You can see all of the je ne sais quoi. all of the different parts of it. And you can be like, "Wow, that was a wonderful uh, a lemon. they really, I think that was an Italian lemon instead of a North American lemon." You know what I'm saying? So like. There's hope you got this. If you related to any part of this, reach out to your doctor, sis. Because one thing I really think about is how many girls, people with periods are in jail because of a crime committed during your period while on PMDD. That should be a reason to plea insanity, personally, I think. It's really crazy, it's really crazy, and it, it really makes me question God. <laughs> okay, so the next thing I want to talk about is going back to the, our first part of the topic is um, men. <laughs> Love talking about them. Kidding. I've just been noticing a lot of male rage, and this is the thing. Women get on the internet, they talk about the things that really happened to them in their life, and the men just find it impossible to fucking believe, and they're like, why are you generalizing all men? Why are you doing this? It's like, because it's a reoccurring occurrence. If it's happened 10 times, I can no longer deny that this is a problem. But so much of the time, instead of just taking a minute to listen to what's being said, And maybe think outside of your personal experience. They're just like, no, that's not true. That never happened. Just because it didn't happen in your life doesn't mean it cannot possibly happen in another life. Your life is not the one prime living example. It is not you're having a hard time believing it because you are not akin to empathizing. All right. So this is the thing. There's something called kin keeping. I learned about kin keeping a couple months ago and I talked about it on my Tic So kin keeping basically is a familial dynamic. What is kinkeeping and why being the kinkeeper of your family can take a toll on your emotional well-being? So kinkeeping is about the different roles that are played out in a family. And a family, as you know, can mean many things. It can mean your personal family, like your mother, your father. It can mean your overall family, including step cousins, everybody, and they mamas and they babies and they fathers and they baby daddies, okay? Or even like your roommate situation. Or the relationship that you are in, okay? So kin keeping is about, the kin keeper is the person who you're going on vacation, okay? Who is making the hotel booking? Who is uh, scheduling the rental pickup? Who is buying the flights? When you're in a friendship, right, you're always going to have the mom of the group, yeah, But a lot of the times, the mom of the group will delegate tasks to the rest of the gurus, okay? The tasks will be delegated. Uh, Somebody's going to have to do this. Somebody's going to have to do something else. Like, right now, me and my sister are planning a trip. Uh, A couple days ago, she was dealing with the hotel's. When she kind of got to a stopping point in that, she sent it over to me. I booked it. I was dealing with the flights. Um, while I was dealing with the flights, she was dealing with, like, restaurant reservations, looking for spas. And, yes, I'm about to treat the fuck out of myself, girl. Yes. <laughs> period. I Long overdue vacacion. Period. She was looking at the spas and stuff. She was making calls and whatnot. So it's like an equal balance. But when you have most of the time, sorry, let me not generalize, but most of the time when you have, um, families that include men, so you have sons, you have, uh, dads, whatever, a lot of the time it's the women doing these parts. And the, unless you're lucky, you might have a dad who is like, everybody needs to be packed. Right now, get in the car, it's uh, 10 o'clock, unless you have like an airport dad, very lucky, congratulations to you. Maybe kin keeping does not exist in the ways that I'm about to describe. So a lot of the times in a lot of places, you see that it is the women doing all of these things. At dinner, it's the women in the kitchen who are um, cooking, who are cleaning, who are making the meal. And then it is the men who later on are eating. And enjoying the fruits of these labors. In Kinkeeping, it's like one of the good examples that I saw of this was there's a girl on TikTok. Her TikTok name is Thought Dumpy and the way she described it was that it was like a play. The men are the actors, they get all of the praise, but the people who are overlooked are the crew backstage who are not seen at all times by the audience unless thought a little bit further. The recognition, go, it goes, nobody, the backstage crew is not recognized for their hard work. But the actors are praised for putting on a good performance. When my, one of my uncles, when he, we're Haitian. I talked about this last episode. You know, in Haiti, it's very big that the women do all the cooking, the cleaning, the men sit around drinking and talking and having a good time. One of my uncles, who when he first moved to the United States, that was his culture. He was used to being kept, right? So, shock of his life when the first time he went to a um, barbecue and the men were the one doing all the cooking, the men were the one at the grill. And doing all of the the food and all of that stuff. And the women were the ones sitting around. And then the men were like, oh, aren't you going to help us cook? You know, you got like five men asking, are you going to help us cook? Are you going to help at the grill? He was kind of shocked. So he started at the grill. Now he loves grilling. And he likes cooking. He actually is a very good cook. So he embraced that, and basically the dynamic of the kinkeeping in his family changed. So when Thanksgiving comes around, the meats is his priority. He's the one doing the cooking. There are a few of my... This is the thing, like, what's weird about the internet, I will say, is that you get on the internet and... You live your life, right? You walk outside, you're not thinking about all of the horrible things that happen in the world. But it seems to be that the internet is a conglomeration of all the worst people in the world, but also some of the best people in the world. And the worst people in the world are obsessed with interacting with the best people in the world. So I understand that the dynamics of kin keeping are not. They may not affect you personally in your life because I know a couple of people who their dads are airport fathers. And when I say airport fathers, like they mean, I mean like that man is getting you up. He's like, go brush your teeth. Go where's your suitcase. Did you eat breakfast? Here's your breakfast. I made you breakfast. Eat your breakfast in the car. Get in the car. We're going to the airport. You are at the airport two hours early and it's because of your father and your mom is just in tow. Like, just listen to your father. Like I know a couple of people like that. And it truly doesn't matter how old they are, because these bitches are in their twenties and thirties and their fathers are still doing this. So I understand that. That's not the generalization that I'm making. But I do, if by any chance one of these male incels joined this podcast for two seconds, you need to hear this. And also so that when you as a lady or a then or a they or a or a gay, oh my god, I'm so sorry. (laughs) I'm so sorry. If you as somebody who identifies as anything other than a cisgendered male encounters a person who has these mindsets, you have the language to understand and the tools to maybe argue with them if you're feeling feisty and bored and maybe to just ignore them because you know what the fuck their mindset is and because you know that you know better. I don't argue with these people. I rant about them, but I don't argue with them because I know that their mindset is so deeply ingrained that this is a part of their DNA because of how they've been raised and in their situation that it is, to me, I'm so sorry, but you might be a lost cause. I cannot change you and also it's not my job to change you. But I want to have these conversations. So we're going to have these conversations. So in regards to kinkeeping... Um, that was like the example of my uncle. Now on the other side of things, uh, I think I've talked about this before where my two cousins used to live with my mom and me and my sister when we were all young. So we all grew up together. Now their mom had been married for a long time. She was getting divorced from her husband because it was the direct, it was kin keeping And it was emotional, it was arduous, it was hard, it was exhausting. When I tell you this man could not do shit for himself, he couldn't, it was disgusting. Okay? So there was a time when uh, So my cousins, right? They lived with us. My mom raised us. My mom is raising girls. She has no preferential treatment just because you're a boy. You are cooking. You are cleaning. You are doing this. You are doing that. Growing up, everybody cooked and cleaned, even if the cooking was horrible. My mom literally also, but you know what? Like, queen. I'm pretty sure she just like was like, all right. Once y'all bitches turn fourteen. I ain't cooking a damn dinner. It's giving one, each person cooks a dinner each night. So it's like, I'm not cooking seven dinners a week, maybe two at most. Everybody finna learn how to cook. And it's funny because I don't think she did that because it wasn't because she was lazy that she did that. It was because she literally was like, we're all going to learn how to cook and we're going to enjoy it. My mom was like a big bread kind of lady when she was in her, um, I don't even want to, it was like a pseudo housewife situation because she, she ain't got no man. She did not want to have no man, but she had enough money and comfort that she made her own schedule and she could do the things that she wanted. So me and my cousins at the ripe age of 10, we was making breakfast for people. Um, did we know how to make breakfast? No. Did we forget to salt the eggs quite often? Absolutely. Did everybody say breakfast was delicious? Next time, you know, maybe just try a little bit of salt. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how we learned how to cook. (laughs) To this day, my boy cousin can make a mean omelet, bitch. He's an omelet aficionado. I remember, like, when he, not to get sidetracked, but I remember when he realized like, you could put other things in eggs. Bitch, it was onions, tomatoes, like, all of it, green peppers. I've always been a plain egg kind of girl, but he really went to town. So that was, like, what it was like being raised by my mom. And then a short time went by where my mom was leaving the country. I had to go stay with my aunt. My aunt, for some reason, thought, ooh, nice, I have a slave now. Try to get me to do all the cooking and the cleaning. I was like, I know for damn sure I see two niggas over there not doing nothing. You want me to do what now? That's not happening, Mm boo-boo. So she tried to hit me. My older boy cousin was like, hell no. He was like, this is not how this works. He was like, this is not how my mom raised them. He was like, no, we all do our fair share of stuff. We all do the cooking. We all do the cleaning. And you're not going to hit Divine just because she doesn't want to do the cooking or the cleaning. That's not her job. We all have our responsibilities. Y'all, tell me why my aunt started crying because she said that my mom was turning her son's gay. Because... These boys knew how to cook and clean up after themselves, and this was in the midst of divorcing a man who did not know how to clean up or cook after himself because she was too exhausted of cleaning and cooking after himself. (sighs) Okay. All right. Okay. All right. So, you know... You have to treat people the way you want to be treated, and I think it's specifically important if you're raising sons that you raise decent human beings. If you feel like you might cry at your um, gender reveal because the balloon when you pop it or set it on fire and uh, directly after they're set fire to the entire North America's. If you feel you might cry because that balloon is pink, the powder inside of it is pink, but you'd be extremely happy if it was blue. You need to think about what that means. Okay. Okay. Okay, because at the end of the day, raising lazy sons, enabling lazy behavior from men, allowing them to be very choosy with their intelligence does not benefit anybody. And it doesn't benefit them. It doesn't. Because while it's fun to insult them, uh, While it's fun to do all of that, it's very sad when you see somebody and they're old and alone and all they can do is grieve the family that they missed out on because they fucked up so bad. Okay? I don't know if you keep tabs on Shaq, the basketball player. Every fucking podcast he does, he's talking about how he fucked up his relationship with his wife and his kids and how he would give so much to try again and be better again. That's sad. It's not fun to make fun of that. It's not funny. There's no humor in there. It's fucking sad because life, as I've said many times before, is meant to be enjoyed. It's meant as a platform to give and receive love. And it's so easy to give and receive love. And it must be exhausting to refuse to change when that change could make your life so much fucking easier. But yeah, That was just my little message to the men today. And if you're feeling offended by it, bestie, I don't care. I'm so sorry. Live your life, boo. Live your life and I'll live mine. Anyways, this was another episode of POV, my therapist. Very excited to be here with you. I love you guys so much. You are the light of the world, the light of my life, the beauty you are grace you are miss united states okay um make sure to follow me on instagram and twitter uh and TikTok, all at vine philo at vine philo v-i-n-e-p-h-i-l-o um you can visit my website at vinephilo.com v-i-n-e-p-h-i-l-o.com And, uh, yeah, so I will see you on Monday, uh, to announce the winner and to bring you another episode of text, text, what the hell of text from my therapist. I'm excited about it. Um, I'm really having a blast and I hope you guys are too. Make sure you leave a rating and a review and yeah, I love you so much. Bye.